0: All right, big deal, no big deal. Alright, so Gresh, like you mentioned, um Johnny Manziel was on Shannon Sharp's podcast. Um and I'm I got three clips for you to play for to play for you. All right, and the last one is uh identifying the quarterback that he hates most that played for the New England Patriots. But here's the first one listen to what he says and I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, let me know if it's a big deal, no big deal. Give it to me, Skip.
3: My dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sutton and pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as, as today as he did when he told me. So this is a backroom deal. It went on for 30, 40 years before. It was the same way that was happening when you was getting recruited back in the day. And you guys, you know, y'all Texan M got money for it. I mean, Texas A nobody got no money like Texas and M. Y'all got the big dogs. And so three million dollars, if he had gone to any of the boosters and said, you know what? Done. Johnny Dad said he'll stay for an additional two years if we just break him off three bills. Just keep it, okay. Throw it somewhere. We'll get it later. We don't need it right now. Right. But for my security, if something happens for two years down the road... Right. And my dad did this without me knowing. And I ain't mad at him about it for nothing. It's the way the business worked back then. Right. There was a bag man. There was a bag man at LSU. There was a bag man at Bama. There was a bag man at every school. All right, so
0: there's a a couple aspects of this quote that I think are interesting. But big deal, no big deal. Uh, His dad going behind his back, asking then-head coach Kevin Sumlin to give him $3 million in order for him to stay... Or the fact that he's outing all these other schools for having, quote-unquote, a bag man? Well, uh, it's all no big deal at the end of the day. Because I think everybody knew there were bag men. I think everybody knew that it was dirty. Uh, and in fact, I would say the big deal of this is that old man Manziel was smart enough to realize, hey, my kid might make a bad decision. So let me try to give him a little bit of a safety net because he might be a dum-dum. I think the big deal is that Kevin Sumlin said no. Kevin Sumlin, now at the time, Cliff Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Okay, so it was they were trying to turn it into like a package deal. Hey, uh, Johnny Manziel stays, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury stays, and we can be relevant and good for the next two years. The amazing part is that Kevin Sumlin said no. That, maybe, to me, is the big deal. Maybe he really didn't want Johnny Manziel. <laughs> I think there's another aspect of that that I think at that point in time, remember, he wins the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. The next year, he's horrible. He's not even the same. He's not even going to class. He's just everything is remote or online. And he's doing all these autograph signing. He's making all this money mm-hmm. under the table. I mean, no big deal is the fact that an SEC team was had boosters that was willing to pay their players a lot of money. Oh, what a shock. I can't can you do you know of a truthful, a true story, other than like you, know, you hear you know, like rumors where guys were getting hardcore cash? Because we know what happens, right? NIL now removes any you know sort of accountability, and the boosters are the University of Miami in the '90s. Yeah, absolutely, and they were so blatant about it, especially Mm -hmm. in the And you always hear, I always heard about these stories after these guys got to the league. Hey, so and so brought me a car. So and so uh, bought my mom a house. So and so got uh, gave me twenty five thousand dollars cash. I was like, dude, they didn't offer me anything. No, that's the thing is that there were a lot of schools that were trying to play by the rules. Impossible. It is, yeah. Impossible. And that's how we've ended up with a lawless NIL strategy now that – People are, like, screaming, yeah, it's great. It's going to ruin college football pretty quickly here if they don't figure it out. So so you do Awaken 180, right? Yes, sir. Okay. You're pretty successful. I've been doing it for a long time. They're great for our show. We love them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have an easier way for you to lose 40 pounds. <laughs> I think I have, and I, this isn't my idea. Oh, really? This is Johnny Manziel's idea oh. when you hear him talk okay. about all the weight that he lost, and how he lost it. All
3: right. I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. Oh. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. 40- how you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet a blow.
0: <laughs> big deal, no big deal. Johnny Mazel losing 40 pounds because he does cocaine. Mm, are you not believing him? I remember when he was in his Vegas, I'll call it his Vegas residency. Yeah, he Vegas was. Vegas residency. He was, what a great line. He was skinny as hell. Um, he was absolutely just doing nothing but just doing cocaine and staying out late. You know what's really funny is, I, uh, part of the reason I don't think it's a big deal is because it's a joke from Chris Rock <laughs> oh, really? in one of his stand ups. When, uh, what, uh, what was the line? It's like, uh, uh, if Bill Gates woke up with Oprah's money, he'd jump off a bridge. And then he also says uh, something to the effect of, Shaq is rich. The guy who signs this check is wealthy. Yeah. He's like, if you're just rich, <laughs> you can lose that with a drug problem over a summer in Vegas. And <laughs> that was Johnny Manziel. Yeah, but he wasn't wealthy. He well, wasn't wealthy. And, and is his family had his, You're right. Let's it's, put it this way. He had enough money to buy four months of cocaine. That ain't cheap. Can you imagine the fact that Who can give this me, dude wants to go and raid on a bag of Coke? I, I Get cannot, us up in the Twitch chat. I cannot <laughs> believe that the Cleveland Browns actually vetted this guy, no. researched him, and literally decided that he was worth a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I I it, This goes to show me that nobody has a damn clue and the Cleveland Browns Dumb, douchey, and desperate. where did our offensive staff come from, by the way? A lot of them came from Cleveland. Oh, okay. Some of them came from Cleveland. Yeah, your quarterback's coach came from Cleveland. Your offense coordinator came from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they had anything to do with Johnny Manziel, this was 10 years before. Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with Manziel. Uh, No, but it just goes to show that there's a history of decision-making in Cleveland that is not great. Okay, so this next one is pretty interesting because, uh, first of all, I love it. And if Johnny Manziel was in my quarterback room... Uh, or in the tight end room, I would basically treat him the same because he's a dope. He didn't try. He didn't study. He didn't do anything. You would not brother-in-law. No, not a chance. I wouldn't help him out either. Oh no! It, he it, get Michael Westbrook? Uh, <laughs> no, no, he would not get that. Listen to this one because it, it brings up a familiar name that Patriot fans know well.
3: Brian Hoyer had been waiting on opportunity to be able to go, really provide for his family, get an opportunity and he saw how much of an upper hand he had on me, Mm -hmm. and he didn't hold back when it came to that. So there was instances in the quarterback room early on where I would ask the same question a couple times, and he'd be at the head of the table and go, again, we're doing this again? Keep him out of it, right? right? Let's just cut that off, and I don't have a bad word to say about Brian Hoyer. That is just fact of what happened in that room. So when that happens... So if we were to ask another quarterback that's in that room... Go ask Connor Shaw. Go ask Connor Shaw, who played at South Carolina and was with us in Cleveland. Go ask him how Brian Hoyer was in that room. Go ask Dow Loggins.
0: Big deal, no big deal. Poor Johnny Manziel uh, not having the big brother and Brian Hoyer to support him and uh, tell him he's good enough and, and he doesn't need to study. He can just... Pure athleticism, Grash. Yeah, uh, it's a big deal because Brian Hoyer was a pro. When you're a pro, there are certain standards that other people will try to hold you to. Brian Hoyer did the right thing for Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Get him into a scared straight. Yes. Or he's going to flame out of the league. That's how Hoyer lasted 14 years. I'm telling you, can you imagine you Brian Hoyer. You come from the Patriots. You're working underneath, uh, you know, Tom Brady. You do get your chance, and they draft this knucklehead, and he asks the same questions over and over again, just making your meetings longer. And then poor Johnny Manziel, why weren't you nicer to me? Because you were doing blow, not caring. You never watched film, and here Brian Hoyer is calling you out, and you're going to try and shame him? Well, give me a break. I'm surprised he was actually, he. I feel like he held back. That's I the agree. Only, wait, the only thing he said was, this again? That was the only thing. What did you expect him to do? Well, again, it's the new age. Maybe but he was, he's, an, oh, he's an old age guy. Oh no, I know. He's older now. But I, I, maybe the problem was is that the uh, the Browns organization at that time wasn't into the Huggies and packs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. I was thinking about this when I heard all these clips. I'm like, imagine you're the quarterback's coach, and you're trying to teach this guy, and he just doesn't want to listen. And when he does, you realize he's dumb. Like, he's football dumb, right? Not C.J. Stroud. I took a test. I don't care. I'm football smart. He proved it. John DeMenzel is dumb and dumb, like dumb and dumber. He's dumb as a student, and he's even dumber as a um, football player. You got to tell the head coach, and then the head coach's got to tell the GM. The GM's got to tell the owner. We really messed up. This guy is horrible. Just runs around, doesn't watch film, does not care. All right, well, let's go back to the drawing board again. Well, Johnny Manziel became, unfortunately, what a lot of uh, fans sunk their teeth into is to, that's what I want with a quarterback. Oh, He's a modern-day quarterback. Run around and go make plays. Or why are you running around to try to make plays? Because you don't know how to run the I, offense you're in. I still don't believe. The only guy that really get it right, um, oh man, I, his name is, uh, who was the the old analyst for ESPN? He was the only guy that actually read um, oh, Merrill, Hodge. Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge did a oh, whole evaluation yeah. on first take when Skip Bayless was championing uh, you know, Johnny Menzel like crazy. And so was Jerry Jones, by the way. Those two guys wanted oh. Johnny Manziel oh, big hey, time. From Texas. I Texas. <laughs> Tell you what, ain't nobody run around like Johnny Football.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?